0: All right, do you want to open it up? Yeah. Should I? Should you?
1: Is it the Matt and Brian show? It's the the Matt and Brian Brian show show?
0: today. It's the Brian and Matt show. Matt's got a mullet. Brian's got a big-ass beard. You can pull it. It's the Brian and Matt show. With all things insurance
1: and random tomfoolery. The Brian and Matt show. Welcome to this edition of the Brian and Matt Show, officially Matt Brian the show. Brian and Matt Show. Matt and Brian uh, we're joined today by, <laughs> it's a long story, we'll get into it. We're joined today by Megan Cabot, uh, pretty fresh realtor, a couple years, right. right? Not even a year. Not even a year, less than a year into it. Uh, entrepreneur, Yep. have a, a couple other businesses on the side. Yep. Host of a podcast. Also correct, yeah. Wife, yep. mother. Mm-hmm. Is there anything else I'm missing here? Certified bad bitch. Of yeah, the black can, go that. can I mean, we go with that?
2: Yeah, do we not, like I don't. We don't have that much time to go through everything. All the things. You, yeah. We'd be here
1: all day. We would. We listed so all yeah, your that covers, that
2: covers most of it. At least the bases. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So we uh, we want to bring Megan on because um, she won maybe a newer realtor, but she's also kicking ass in the space and um, getting into the market in a very interesting time to be in the market. Uh, very interesting time. But the real reason we brought her on was because we wanted to go over all things realtor referral partner relationships. And it's not a one side thing, right? Like realtors don't just refer to us and we do nothing. It's how do we cultivate a real Mm -hmm. referral partner relationship. And we want to get perspective from actually a realtor on what that looks like. I feel a lot of the time insurance agents are like, yeah, well, they're working with clients or buying and I'm a resource for them. So they'll just send them to me. And it's like, Well, yeah, but it's not really a one-way street. So
2: the way that I think referral works is if in your referral network, everybody has to bring value. Correct. If you're not bringing somebody else value, they're not going to bring anything to you. Do you know what I'm saying? Correct. And the
0: value can't just be help my client get insurance to get in contract so they can close the loan because anybody can do that. It's like, what else you bring to the table? Not just most affordable rates, quotes in under an hour, like... What are you really bringing to the table? So we wanted to get her perspective on some things. Also wanted to go over some stigmas that insurance agents have on realtors and get her opinions on those because I don't believe they're true. I believe they. They they could. I think that this. (laughs) I think stigmas or like um, assumptions about certain things or there's always marginal truth in everything. Like in any exaggeration or anything, there's. A little bit of truth there. If yeah. there if there wasn't a little bit of truth, why would it be talked about? Right. So, and I think there's stigmas with insurance agents There's stigmas with every business, and there's truths to why those exist. Mm-hmm. So, we want to go over that. Um, what do we want to start with today, Brian?
1: I want to talk about um, what are some things that since you've become a realtor in less than you know the last year uh, that maybe you weren't expecting. Is it? is it getting listings that are more difficult than you thought or easier than you thought is it um you know fighting zillow is it what what's the big thing that kind of surprised you the most
2: so not zillow um the biggest thing that surprises that surprised me the most getting into it was you know you hear um about lead generating and everyone's like you have to lead generate you have to lead generate because you know what you lead generate now is your business 90 days from now. Correct.
0: Or Um, even further.
2: Or even further, yeah, depending on how long you have to nurture them, where they're at in their life, when they're gonna be ready to go. Finances are, yep. All of it. Um the amount of time that takes that's and like building those relationships and nurturing all those and building rapport with people because sometimes, you know, you make those calls, they log onto your website, they sign up on our website and we're calling them and they're like, ugh. Yes, like,
1: you signed up for this. Yeah. yeah, and
2: and you know, and it's all about if you guys know Jordan Belfort, yep. Wolf of Wall Street. Mm-hmm. Um, in his book, "Way of the Wolf," he talks about um, inflection in your voice. If anybody calls you in sales, and they're like, "Hi, is this Brian?"
1: <laughs> and you're like,
2: "Yeah." <laughs> Hi, this is so and so with serious XM Radio. Click. Yeah, seriously, so you're not even gonna be. But you know, if you call someone and you're like, "Hey, is this Brian?" Yep. Hey, Brian, this is Megan with Keller Williams of the Black Hills. How are you today? Good. Hey, sorry for the random phone call. Don't want to take up too much of your time. Saw you logged in on our website, yada, yada, yada. It's inflection, how you build rapport with them, and Correct. just the amount of time that takes was, like, the biggest eye-opener. Yeah. i it's sure
0: true. Business. I mean, building that snowball and getting it going, it takes a lot of time. Like, in mortgage, it's the same way. In insurance, it takes a, lot, it takes a couple of years to get your stuff going so that you can... because in insurance we're making 60 80 120 bucks on a policy mm-hmm. and then not that it's any better in real estate because you're hunting to eat every month and then you're trying to get them to sell a house that they may have a lot of emotional value in or do you increase. see that a lot of
1: emotional value i'm it? dealing with a
2: client or with them really? right now yeah
1: but here's the thing no, is your emotional value carries no weight in this
2: feelings are not facts right okay yeah that's my biggest thing and um if you guys know anything about the disc Profile personality yeah. test. Yeah. I'm a high D, which is dominant, and I'm very like, feelings are not facts.
1: I told you. I told you she was going to walk in and be the alpha in the oh, room. I'm fine with it. I come over here bearded and tatted, and I'm like, oh,
2: I'm fine with it. Megan's
1: here. Take but away.
2: but you, you, just because I am that way, I have to be able to read everybody else's personalities and dealing with them. Now, I have this client right now that she doesn't even like the house. She doesn't even like it, and we're selling it, and it's listed, it's on the MLS. It's the fact that it's hers and she's older. So her daughter is buying her next house and she's just going to pay her daughter rent and she's going to hold on to the money and hold on to it for when she needs to go into assisted living or nursing home so that's more what i'm dealing with with that but yeah you have people that um have sentimental value in their house and and they they tie that to what the value of their house should be not based on fair market value so that's always a tough conversation to have
0: see i would have a hard part a hard time selling a home that i brought you know all my kids into or like they were raised in that home i'd have a hard time with that (laughs) i wouldn't associate it with like because I have so much emotional stock in this home, it's this person's gotta pay me at least yeah. two hundred and fifty thousand more. Right. It's worth yeah. one eighty, but that's fine. <laughs> We're gonna
2: list it for two
0: fifty. Yes, yeah, exactly, because I've got yeah. a, it's they're gonna pay me for my emotions. Do here. you have a
1: hard time like adjusting from your like direct like personality to someone who's more like reserved? Like a client that's maybe soft spoken and like, I have a tough time with that sometimes because I'm kind of the same way you are, where let's get down to facts. Like, we can we can lie about the numbers, but the numbers don't lie here, right? We're, we're a very don't waste, oh. me, don't waste. I, me, I, yeah, me, I got like, shit to do. Yep. Yeah. Right. And so sometimes when I have, we'll be talking about something really important with a client. Maybe it's life insurance, or maybe it's, you know, certain things about homes and autos and all that and how everything works together. And I get some people that just don't give much feedback back to me. And so when that happens, I tend to ramble because I'm the way I process it is like, if you don't have questions, then you're not comprehending what I'm saying to you. So then you start talking circles and repeating. Again. And, you again. Yourself, and again, and like, real quick. here we are an hour and a half later and the person's just like shriveled up in the corner. <laughs> like, so, like, so something that I've learned with
2: dealing in those exact situations is when you get somebody that's more timid or um, somebody that needs to ponder quietly to themselves kind of. Yeah. Um, is, you know, i kind of, I talk a little bit slower and I use a softer tone and I don't, I'm not talking slower because I think you're able to do that. I've never do that. Yes, I can. Oh. And I'm not Doesn't talking. prefer to. Yeah. No, oh. no, I don't prefer to. Right, I I got right. My brain goes eight miles a minute or 80 million miles a minute, but, um, I slow it down to eight miles a minute right. talking to these people. No, just... To make sure that I'm slowing down and explaining. And then I've trained myself to, before I start going. So anyway, and then circling back. Because I'll say, do you have any questions for me so far?
1: Yep. And then I'll kind of stop and let them talk. We talked about this last night a little bit. Yeah. At 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 AT&T, because before insurance, I was a corporate manager at AT AT&T. And Mm -hmm. there was a trainer that told us once that during the sales process, when you come to a stopping point, the first person to talk loses. 100%. You know what I mean? So like... And I've learned that and have used that through, you know, all the sales techniques in insurance. And I'll do it on calls that we're on for our software. And Matt fills in those gaps because he needs to keep going. Because I talk
0: really fast. My brain goes really fast. And I'm passionate about it. I'm going to let
1: it get awkward as fuck. Like, we're going to sit here until someone says something and,
0: like and I will say like well they just might might not have heard all the benefits so i'm going to go through more benefits or more <laughs> things or more features yeah, and that's yeah. just creating more of the same problem but one of the things i've found is is if you're a professional in your space and you're good at what you do people want to be led so like if you're like if you're naturally more of a dominant person like that's typically fine with most people because if I go to a CPA or if I go to a chiropractor, I go to somebody, I don't want them to be timid about their practice because then I'm like, do you know what the fuck you're doing? 100%. So yeah.
2: people, I need you to tell me.
0: Yeah, people like to be – and that's kind of the problem I feel with like going to your doctors because they tell you, well, maybe this, it may be this, it may be this. You're like, just tell me what it is because I don't know. Well,
2: and it's not even about – Um, necessarily them being, you know, dominant in the conversation or the room. It's them being confident in it because if somebody's confident in what they're doing and can deliver, it has to be confident, delivered with facts. Correct. Then they're going to trust you. And
0: then they feel led and they Mm -hmm. think people want to be led in a space that they're paying for a service. Makes them feel comfortable. Mm -hmm. Correct. And so, and
2: the biggest thing is trust. Yes. Then they trust.
0: And I feel like having a dominant personality in, mortgage, real estate, insurance, and a few other ones. There are certain ones where you want to be a little more laid back, I feel. But in those spheres, the people that are more dominant by nature tend to do better, quicker, and faster than other people because they're a little bit more headstrong and they they get taken seriously because people want to be led and feel comfortable that the person that's going to be selling their home can actually do what they're going to say that they're going to do. And it kind of segues into like one of the biggest stigmas I have found in the insurance sphere. And it's probably because I've ran, this is across insurance, but I've ran into a lot of realtors like that. This, They're really flighty. They're really flighty individuals that do not hold down processes that cannot be consistent on what they're doing, that maybe are too close to the hunt to eat. And they have like panic attacks about it. So they're like, super like focused on this one thing and they're doing it, but they're not focused on the business side. They're just trying to list homes, get homes and whatnot, which is great. But at some point you're going to hit a cap on what you can list for the month.
2: Well, and not only that, signed buyers or sellers aren't going to pay your bills. It's what you get to the closing table. Correct. So yeah, you're right. You have to find the balance between like, yes, you're always going to need to be signing, but in the meantime funneling those signed. Correct clients to the closing table
1: correct do do you from a lender standpoint do you tend to gravitate to the same one or does it do you i'm sure you've worked with multiple Mm -hmm. in the past Mm -hmm. do you have preferred ones or is it more based on the client and their needs i absolutely have preferred ones um
2: and and yes there are certain circumstances where my preferred lender is not going to fit what my client is trying to do because my lender may not offer something that they need right so then yes i have a referral network outside of that yeah but my preferred lender is my preferred lender because of the relationship that we have built together
0: right correct so from okay. what i found most realtors typically have three in their pocket from my experience they have their primary that they send most of if not all of their business to the weird they have a secondary secondary it's either the weird stuff or if their preferred is freaking slam busy and can't get it closed quick enough and then they have a third as just like a backup of a backup like yeah, ty- typically. Yeah, it's usually what I see. Um, One thing
1: I've noticed with you, and I don't know if you've noticed that you do this, because you and I have talked on the phone a handful of times just over the last couple months with you calling me saying, "Hey, I have a referral for you. You know, here's the address. Here's this." Are you aware that most, at least in this area, most re- uh, realtors don't refer insurance? They let the lender take that.
0: That's usually, that's usually in like, every state.
1: Yeah, that's usually like the norm for that. us. And I didn't know if you knew that. I did not know but that. But we were talking about how the way you do it is a good thing because... Well, this is what's mind-boggling.
0: If you're the realtor, you typically control the deal. Now, sometimes people go to their lender and they get pre-qualified first. That's if they know what they're doing. Right. Typically, they don't. They're like, I really like this house I want to see that house. I'm not pre-qualified. Let's called. go buy Let's it. Let's go look. How does that then, make you feel? That's fun. Well, that's a great lead because it's now great. I get to hand this off to my lender and they get to get pre-qualified. You know, she has an Instagram
1: story about that situation from like nine days ago. Oh, really? Yeah, I don't know if it's appropriate to (laughs) play or not. But (laughs) But this is what's
0: always funny to me. The realtor typically is the entry point for the customer completely it usually, usually always is Usually,
2: yes yes um, if
0: they bought a home before they might know they have to get pre-qualified first
2: you know you'd be surprised how many people that are not first-time home completely forget the process hmm. like 100% forget the process and they um get on the website start looking and they're like this is what we're looking at can you start sending me properties if I see one can I call you this weekend and we can go look yep no problem and I'll always start with that yes no problem you want to always agree correct then i say have you spoken to a lender yet or first i'll say are you doing cash conventional loan are you going to do a 1031 like what do you plan to do you know how do you plan to, to purchase this you have any money down um well we're probably going to do a conventional loan probably <laughs> probably means they haven't talked to a lender but then yeah, you correct. always follow it up with well have you spoken to a lender yet well no not yet okay so before we go look at any of these properties you need to go talk to a lender and then you go through the whole, do you have a preferred one? If not, I have one that's amazing. Um, Go through that whole spiel. And then I always tell them why they need to do that. Because what if we find the property this weekend that is your dream property and you can't write an offer without a pre-approval letter. And
0: what if you don't even qualify for the dream property? Now you're bummed looking at every single other home that you do qualify for.
2: Yes. And that's exactly it. And so there's a way to kind of guide them through that. And that's kind of in the beginning when I first started doing this, I was like, heck yeah, I'll show you whatever you want to see. Like, let's go. Let's go. I'm a realtor. Let's go. How many days, I mean, days I wasted. Yeah, Yeah.
1: I'm sure. You know, something I was just thinking of hearing you say that, like, her, in my opinion, the real estate sale is more transactional than. The insurance, like the insurance is long-term relationship driven, right? But then those roles get reversed because feeling gets involved more on a home, whether you're buying it or selling it and emotions get involved more on her side of things where we're the ones that want that emotional thing, but we're the necessary evil of the deal. We're the insurance. So, we the last thing that gets done. We're the last thing.
2: But like you said, it's it's a it's a necessity. And in, in the purchase agreement, within ten days, you have to obtain insurance quotes. Right. Yeah. And you have to do that. It's part of the deal. So like, you guys are going to get business regardless. Right. So yes. People don't have to buy. Correct. They can, they can rent. You know. I mean yeah. it's Correct. Stupid, but they can rent. Yeah. Um. But and it's not just. Um, the emotions that get involved on our side, we're also dealing with hundreds of thousands of dollars of people's money, sometimes millions. It's the biggest
0: purchase they'll ever make in their life for the most part till they Completely. buy their next Completely,
2: And then you have the two types. There's usually two extremes of the types of buyers. The people that, I don't know, and, you know, they're just, they don't really yeah. know what they want. And then the people that you have to kind of like, get into their feelings with right. them and then you have the other
0: day. ones that are like i need 10 by 12 bedrooms exactly nothing smaller <laughs> nothing bigger or, if the bathroom is too big send it back
1: yes do you yeah. have that picky of like buyers that like want it just like they have their dream home in their head and they want you to show them their dream home but you don't have the blueprints in your head of their dream home yes like a lot of like and even if they fill out.
2: yes but then there's you know after you know a couple showings and they're like nope nope no, nope. like, okay, you have them. to go back to their motivation. Yeah. Okay, so you told me you want to buy because um, you want to get out of this awful school district. Your daughter's starting kindergarten and you want to be in a better school district, you want to be closer to grandma and grandpa. Do you want to start the school year in this school in district school that you don't want to be in? Correct. Also, your house is too small. Also, this, this, and this. And there's only so 15 homes what, on yep. the market
0: in the area we want to be in so where you, you want right. to do. Yeah.
2: And you don't this never this doesn't have to be a forever home. In fact, right. if you're smart with investing in real estate, You get a new home every four or five years.
0: Correct. Correct. Yeah. Well, I want to go back into the referral side of this because it always blows my mind. We got into it for a second, but I want to round it out because it is baffling to me that you control the way, not you personally, but you can, but realtors in general control the deal from the beginning. Mm -hmm. And it is baffling to me that you will then, and again, this isn't you, but just (laughs) realtors In 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 general. Yeah. Realtors, they will have the control of the deal and they can control for the most part, can't require it, who the lender is they work with to give them the best experience, the lender that they work with that gives them the best experience on the loan may have their own insurance guy. And when you hand off that deal to the lender, the lender is going to refer that person to his insurance guy or her insurance guy, because they need evidence of insurance. But now you don't control that entire process. You're letting some outside referral. Yes. You trust Jim to do your loans. Mm -hmm. You trust Jim's office to handle all your clients' loans. But you're now trusting Jim's referral who you don't know who it is. And it always baffles my mind that in the beginning of the transaction, uh, when you get their pre-qualification letter, you know what their DTIs are for the most part. You should have a relative understanding of where they're at. You should also know like, hey, what did you factor for insurance? Because part of the Pre-qualification is factoring monthly insurance, mm-hmm. they're all their loans, all their other shit they have. But if you don't know what that number is that they calculated, sometimes I have um, lenders who will calculate hundred bucks a month. It's like, like
1: the go-to cookie cutter. Correct, 100, yeah, $100 150 a month. month. Like, and, yeah, maybe in two thousand nineteen. In yeah. California,
0: we have wildfire problems where their insurance can be eight, nine, ten grand a year, mm-hmm. and you factored a hundred thousand dollars, and now you're pre-qualified in contract and have to break contract and have to pay or. Whatever it that looks like.
2: Money usually. Correct.
0: And so, what's interesting to me is, as at the front of the deal, you have the ability to control how that deal is going to work as much as possible, mm-hmm. right? You can't, like in Brian's situation, eat a client that they didn't factor one of his largest expenses in his life into his pre qualification. It caused a mess. Right. But you have control of knowing, okay, I have my team of people here that are all gonna work on this account with me and I know how they all work and I know it's gonna go really smooth or as smoothly as can be, but the realtors that just go in, they get the offer accepted and then the individual, maybe they refer the lending out great, but the insurance can cause a big hiccup in your deal and it is crazy to me why if you're a realtor that really cares about what you do. Mm-hmm. You care about putting the client in the right home at the right cost, putting them in the right situation, making it smooth and simple and easy. Cause buying a home is typically a rough process emotionally, all sorts of other things. It's a lot of money, stressful. stressful. And if you truly care about the whole process in the client, why are you not making sure you have the insurance or the person you want them to work with that you can pick up and call their cell and be like, Hey, this is where we're at. Like, what's the quote at? Okay, we need it to be under 250 a month. Mm-hmm. And you don't even have to go to the lender to know that because you have the numbers. Right. What's baffling to me is you control the whole deal. <clears throat> and most realtors will not get the insurance. They let the lender do it or they get it later on or the client just calls over.
2: Well, because a lot of realtors look at it like, well, whatever, you know, for nine times out of ten, you're going to get the deal done, whatever. Correct. Or what. Um, but... Back to what you were saying about, you know, the realtors referring out, referring the network, like I'll refer, you know, a lender, an insurance agent. That, again, is me bringing value. Correct. And then when you bring that value, then they trust you more. Correct. And then they're going to be like, man, Megan was so great. Not only did she help me find the right home, she got me in touch with this badass lender and this awesome insurance agent. We knocked it out. It was smooth. It was so easy.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I didn't have to go online and search for lenders or search for insurance people. Tell them what I'm buying, like what, like.
1: What are the most important characteristics that a realtor should look for in referring an agent? Like, what's the biggest thing that you run into? Is it waiting on a quote? Is it the is it the turnaround time for getting things back from an insurance agent? Like, what are the big stigmas about us?
2: I would say, um, I mean, yeah, turnaround time is important because you have. Um, like a due diligence period in there to get that insurance. So, yes, that's important. Um, reliability is very important, to, you know, to be able to like, I know he's done X amount of deals. He has this big of a clientele. People trust him. People like him. There's a reason he's good at his job. Correct. That's like another huge thing, too. Mm-hmm. And then also, you kind of look at, and like, Rapid City, where we are, is not. A huge area, obviously, like everybody knows, everybody knows, everybody knows, everybody.
0: I can't go anywhere without running into somebody Brian knows, it's and He has his own well, stupid drink at the coffee shop.
2: You just tied into exactly what I was gonna say is that you look at the professional circles that these people are all tied to, and you have to also look at their social groups, not just professionally. And that is something that I definitely take into consideration, like when picking something, like if. if if I hear someone be like, oh my God, that guy's a douchebag and this is, you know, blah, blah, blah then I'm going to be like, well, why did you say that? And I'll yeah. be like, oh, if I hear it from one, yeah, whatever. But if I start to hear it from more people, yeah. then I'm going to be right. like, okay.
0: yeah, for sure. Like, is he a douchebag? Because you guys, not or... to
1: leave the room. I can leave. Not you. I am. I don't know what she's talking <laughs>
0: about. Other
2: agents in general. No. Oh, got you, got
0: you. I get it. No. What is your expectation on referrals from insurance agents? Because, obviously we need to provide value. And typically that value we provide is helping close the deal correctly. That shouldn't be the only value we provide, but I was involved in a realtor relationship with this team. And one of the questions that he asked and when we were going through this whole thing, he was like, so how many deals are you going to be sending me a year? If we're going to be sending you all of our clients, how many are you sending me a year? Mm -hmm. Like, give me a number that we can stick with. That's the number you're doing. And it's like, well, let's hang on for a second. Cause I agree with you. We need to be referring you business in some capacity. Now the difference in commission that you're receiving from selling a home is drastically different than the commission that we're making on the policy. Mm-hmm. So like not to get into like, I, I never want to be in a relationship in a referral relationship where it's, I give you what you give me. Like that's not what right. I'm here for. Like I always want to give an excess. Mm-hmm. Like I would love to be able to give an excess. I run and Brian runs his agency where We have specific points in the process of bringing on new customers and our renewals that we're asking, Hey, are you buying or selling a home in six months Mm -hmm. to try and get proactively try and get somebody. Right. But what would your outside of value and helping in the deal and any of those things, what would be your expectation if you're sending Brian 25 customers a year? What would you hope to get out of Brian or another insurance agent? If you finally realize he's a douche to what would you hopefully want to get out of that?
2: You know, even just any number of referrals, like it's not necessarily like, well, I sent you 25 people. Now I expect,
0: yeah, yeah,
2: that it has nothing to do with Or like if you're
0: making a hundred bucks on a deal and I'm sending you 25, like, okay, Mm -hmm. great. I need a deal now.
2: Well, not only that, but is it, Brian understands my personality. He understands that like, don't send me people that are going to fuck around and waste my time. Yeah, of course. He'll send me people that are quality clients ready to buy, ready to list, whatever. So, like, just a couple of those my way, like, great. How and many
1: How many people, statistically, and I heard a number a while back, I don't know how true it is anymore. How many consumers use the same realtor more than once? Like, is it like a... It's
2: like 30
1: to 40%. It's
2: that high. So I don't even know if... It, actually, you know what? No, I don't even know if it's that high. So, the stat that I heard... It's low. It's
1: low. It's and so, the stat I heard was 3% of people... So three out of a hundred will use the same realtor uh, again, I think it's a bit and I don't know if that's like a national stat.
0: So I've know. heard a stat before in the past. I don't remember the number. I know it was really low, but the yeah. reason it was really low because the realtors treated it as a transactional yeah. relationship. They, or and
1: there's
2: still some the
0: done. There's no follow up, and yeah. that's transactional. Exactly. So like the realtors that will that. I forget the freaking name of my soccer parents all the time. Like, cause I coach both my kids teams. I can't remember 20 families. That's so yeah. 40 parents. I can't remember that many people, mm-hmm. but people forget names all the time. They remember, man, that was such a good freaking, that was an awesome experience. The last time we bought a home. Don't remember her name. Don't know how to find out who she was. I'm going to go find another one or their family member becomes a realtor. In the mm-hmm. meantime, their friend becomes a realtor in the meantime but realtors do and this is very a very broad stroke realtors i have found don't do a very good job on nurturing the customer for their next purchase right they do not stay in front of them they don't touch them seven times a year they don't bring any value to them while they're in the home that they sold them for the next so, 8 years
2: if it's somebody that you sold a home to you should actually be touching them 42 times
1: there it is 42 times in Whether it much be, different ways. It
2: could be. It could be. You could have them on Facebook, like their picture. Correct. Stuff like you could that. Send yeah, them yeah. a text. You could a postcard.
0: Or Monthly like, newsletters, yep. emails, stuff Anything. like that. Yes. So
1: I think it'd be easier in the real estate space to touch more than us. Yeah, because you could might say be things, different. You could say things like, "Hey, how's you know." Did you end up doing that bathroom
0: like you talked about? How's battle
1: in school this year? Now that you're in the new school district, how, you know, like you have those or us. It's like, Hey, how are those pieces of paper that are written for attorneys doing? For Maybe you? you're on
0: e-signature and you don't even get them in the mail. <laughs> you
1: know, yeah. Like we sell a really dumb, boring, lame product. You know, it's important. It's hard it's to build relationship and deep relationships. Well, in Ryan's
2: done a really good job of that on social media. Like you've got a really good engagement yeah. on social media. And I think that's like a really good way for you to, you know, stay out there and stay sure. in contact sure. with a lot of people. Now, people get irritated, you know, like if you're calling them and texting them constantly, For then sure. they're like, can you not? Yeah. How, but,
1: how thirsty are you? Right. Like yeah. are, like,
2: are you really
0: selling my home after three months? Cause you've yeah. reached out to me 20 times.
2: Right. Well, and so usually, so here's how we do it. Like, and then, so say like uh Thanksgiving, um, our, we call it our 42 touch, which that's everybody that we is in our 42 touch network that we should be reaching out to at, in some capacity that many times a year. Uh, somebody that we're nurturing, we've sold a home to, they bought a home through us, any of that. We do um, pie giveaways for Thanksgiving. Um, they can come, they just come and pick up a free pie from us. Like we do that. We're like, hey, here's your postcard. Just come get a free pie. Um, if you give us a referral, we'll give you an extra something with the pie. Yeah. So we do that. Um, we also do client appreciation. We do giveaways. We do like all kinds
1: of stuff. If insurance agent that she's on is. Pretty stark. I've heard about it, yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: If insurance agents prospected half as well as decent realtors do, their their books would be so much larger.
2: Can I tell you what's a big no-no? What? Do Not do the Christmas cards that are the printed signatures inside. Oh, yeah. I get those from, like, you know, doctor's offices or yeah.
0: dentist offices. Everybody you knows it and You're
2: like, heartfelt, yeah. huh? Yeah. Art Super felt. nice,
0: yeah. No, like, if... Realtors, because they hunt to eat, Mm -hmm. are prospecting always. That is where and insurance agents are supposed to be spending ninety percent of their time marketing and prospecting. They don't. But because realtors have
2: residual income. Correct. And
0: it it takes a while to get there, but once you get there, it's like all right, time to let the foot off the gas a little bit. Like I remember waking up six years ago every day thinking, How the heck am I gonna eat today? Mm Mm-hmm. Like what am I going to do to eat today? That made me hungry, and I did way more things. And you live in that hunger. Maybe not if you're a successful realtor. Maybe you're not living like how am I going to eat today? But like you still have that hunger every you have month where to you do. Have no income. Correct.
2: You might have a, a month, you know, where you're bringing in twenty twenty five thousand dollars, and then
0: nothing for a quarter. four
2: months. Yeah, yeah.
0: Like, yeah, for sure. Like this market is very very interesting. What's this? Is
2: not the market two years ago?
0: No, <laughs> two years ago it was
2: you didn't. We didn't have to, like, and I say we, like, I was not in real estate at that point, but my team, hearing them talk, they barely had to lead gen two years ago. Yeah, they didn't do anything. Neither did lenders.
0: Yeah. It's But this, it's kind (laughs) of nice to go through these kind of markets. This is going to be a horrible thing to say. But as a realtor, as a lender, it's nice. I know. Exactly. Like, I'm going to weed out all the people that are, like, that are doing this part-time that are here just cause it's easy money, I'm in, easy money I'm gonna weed out all the mortgage the, brokers that were realtors. Yeah. I'm going to bankroll on mortgages during the refinance boom. And then come to find out you're actually, you were just an order taker. You weren't actually generating, like you weren't doing anything. You're just an order taker. Cause there was so many people out there that were doing that.
2: So I guess kind of a common theme, whether the market is up or down or whatever, you know, if you're in your industry or my industry or lenders industry is build rapport, keep that relationship going, follow up, send, you know, a heartfelt Christmas card, put like, buy $5 Starbucks gift cards. Yeah. Throw them in a card, handwrite a note. It's going to suck. It's going to take forever. Yeah. But you're going to get business out of it. You
1: know?
0: Eventually. Yeah. One of the things I found, and I'm curious your take on it, I have found that activity breeds activity even like in, in more so activity and doing something doesn't necessarily breed activity in the thing that you're doing. Like I'm doing postcards or gift cards. You're not going to see a lift in that. You're going to see a lift in something else you were doing previously. Like I've always found the more you're active doing things, it will like law of nature. It will make other things produce. And it's Mm -hmm. the oddest thing because the thing that you were putting energy and effort in, that you're working on and spending three months doing is not the activity that's growing, that's coming back to you. It's from another area. Yep. It's the weirdest thing that I found over the last eight years. But
2: consistently keep doing Correct. It because no matter what, it's always gonna keep, Correct. It's gonna keep cycling back.
0: Correct. It's like, man, I'm gonna spend all my time in BI B and I. I'm doing these, you know, mailers, I'm doing these things, I'm doing this thing, but I'm focusing on, you know, one-on-one meetings with people. But your activity from doing that is it's it's not even a true law of nature, it just found that it's true. Something will pop, something will come up. But if you're not doing things, those things just don't pop. It's, it's the slow, weirdest it's thing. Yeah. yeah, it's the weirdest thing. But um
1: your social media is a lot more um, active, I would say, than mine. Like, don't you have you have a pretty big following meh, as well, correct? Lots of interaction. Yeah. I always see you, and and maybe. Maybe I just don't see other it's
2: algorithms.
1: Yeah. Maybe I just <laughs> don't see other realtor stuff, but it seems like, um, well, I, like get open sick. Houses a lot.
0: I get sick of I seeing realtors. I get sick of seeing realtors only social media posts, just picking up my staging stuff. You know, we got a listing today and we're doing this. Like and, the boomerangs. Yeah. And it's like, like cool. But Who are you? Yeah. Like I get you're a realtor. I knew that already and I know you're a decent realtor. But who are you? Mm -hmm. Because this is overwhelmingly exhausting. So one thing
2: that I'm finding that gets a lot of um, interaction is reels. Yeah. That's one of the biggest things right now on social media. People want to know and respect you as a professional. Yes. That's what your graphics and your statistics and all of that stuff are for. But they also want to get to know you on like a personal level. For sure. People appreciate humor.
1: For sure. I think,
2: like, if I post a reel that's, like, making fun of realtors, I am a realtor. People love it. They're like, yeah. that's fucking hilarious. Because so.
0: in most cases, what you're making fun of has that little bit of truth to it mm-hmm. that they can resonate with. And, uh, no, I totally agree with you. I totally agree. So, in this market, what would you say, um, because interest rates are through the roof, they change pretty much every week consistently.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: There's not that many homes
1: that are being listed. Now, what is the inventory like right now? Tough? You know,
2: it's not terrible. Um, We're actually seeing longer days on market. And when we talk to people, they're thinking about listing and they're like, well, I'm going to wait till the market gets better. Okay. Sure. Well, then that's when you educate. Because real estate's cyclical. Yeah. And it's usually seven to ten years that you ride that good wave and yeah. then it starts to do this. Yeah. We're rounding year 12. Okay. We're starting to kind of do this now. Yeah. So I'm like, all right. You hate your house because of X, Y, Z. This is why you want to move. Always go back to that motivation. Yeah. And then you say, do you want to wait another seven to ten years for this market to pick completely back up? Well, I mean, no, not really, but I just don't know if I'm ready to sell right now. And last
0: month, they could have sold and made $150,000 more. And Which, how hard is that conversation? Yeah. They're like, no, they're friends that have sold and make mm-hmm. decent money, and they knew relatively what they think are comps.
1: Like, do you get a lot of comparative crazy. like that from... Uh, your clients and then comparing like a friend's deal like oh last year my friend made xx and x and we have more square footage well i made 30 offers we see it it all the time i mean yes why are my rates so high my friend has auto insurance and it's only 80 dollars. you have a dui jim figure (laughs) like (laughs) (laughs) figure it out jim
2: well so it's i guess it yes and no um yes but But only because they're kicking themselves of like, God, I should have listed last year. And also no, because a lot of people are watching the market and are understanding. But when you get those people that are on the cusp, you have to put the ball in their court. Okay, so let me ask you, you say, let me ask you a question. Was the market better six months ago or today? Obviously, they're going to say six months ago. Do you think the market's going to be better in six months or right now? Well, right now? Okay, then let's list. Let's get because you the most Because six months from now, now, you're going to
0: be in a double negative spot.
2: And Goldman Sachs is predicting 8 to 9% interest rates right now. So I've how bad that. do you want to do this?
1: Yeah.
0: I've heard that. In my opinion, I honestly think it's a great time to buy because there's not as many people in the market because they believe the stigmas of where we're at. Yep. There's You have more time to get deals in. You have less Are we competition. No,
1: I just okay. had a big lunch. <laughs> and then, I down no on the couch before you got here. And I'm like, oh, this couch feels kind of good right he now. He was like, I could nap. And I was
0: like, oh, yeah. shit!" <laughs> get up. Figure a life out. So I find, like, right now we're trying to buy a house in Westlake Tahoe. We live in mm-hmm. California, an hour out of Tahoe. And we're looking at buying, like, a secondary cabin for, mm-hmm. our, for our family and a VRBOing it when yep. we're not there. And I'm like, dude, it's a freaking great time to buy because, A, prices just came down a little bit. Mm-hmm. B, there's not as many people in the market looking to buy right now. You're
2: not going against 30 other offers. Correct.
0: And C, yeah, my interest rate's going to be higher, but it's going to come down and I can refinance eventually.
2: Marry the house, date the rate. Yeah. Not only that, you can do the two-to-one buy-down program that nobody knows about.
0: Huh. What is that?
2: It's where you do the two-to-one buy-down program so the sellers cover more of the closing costs which you're seeing right now. Yeah, a lot. You take 2% of that or whatever. You buy down the interest rate. You, so, say... You know, they're recovering sure seven years. Yeah. They'll go first year, they yeah. go down to five. Second year, they'll go to six. Well, hopefully, by that third year, refinance. we're going to. Yep, it'll be time to refinance see, again. The feds will get their shit together by then, hopefully.
0: I we'll was go. hearing earlier in the year that we were going to be back into the threes by early next year, but the rates are they'll continuing go to go up. They'll. And it's it, it looked like it was going to be that earlier in the year, but now it's gotten consistently worse. And so I don't see that happening. I'm not expecting because. One of the reasons why we'll never sell our house is because we got a freaking great deal on it. We have a we have a 2.75 on it. Yep. And it's like You'll
2: never see that. I'll never again. freaking
0: sell that. Like I'll hold on to that as long as yep. I can. And Absolutely. so what's interesting to me is educating those customers, educating all those people on, yeah, rates do suck right now, but but they get Do in?
2: they're considered normal. I know,
0: I know, <laughs> but rates suck, and perception's reality, yeah. right? And so, yes, you can educate them and inform them, but it's like, yeah, I get that this is normal, but for the last year and a half, it's been awesome, and now it's not, and now I'm back, like, so perception's reality for a lot of people, and it's like, yeah, rates suck as compared to what they did a year ago. Overall, in the history of the last 100 years, rates are Maybe probably was, freaking good. Yeah.
2: Did you know, too, that every time an interest rate goes up a percent, you lose 10% of your buying power? No.
1: Mm-hmm. So not we really. always
2: use the number 500,000 because it's the easiest number to use when it's comes sure. to a client. Interest rates go up. You, you qualify for 500%. Well, in the meantime, you didn't lock your rate in whatever you didn't purchase because you weren't sure. Interest rates go up. Now you only qualify for 450. Hmm. Well, now you're getting less house for the same, same if not more, because of interest rates.
0: Correct. So see, I'm always interested in the interest rates conversation. Like I'm not ready to buy, you know, I can afford like pre-qualification was 500,000 because use that number. I could have afforded a much better home a couple months ago. And now that I can, I'm not ready to buy. And it's like, yeah, but you're going to
2: keep just digging yourself into that hole. I, I just
0: no. Now, if you're really strapped on finances and you physically can't of get course. it, you totally get it. Yeah. But if you've got a little extra in life and you're comfortable, I don't get like, yeah, I'll spend an extra 450, 500 bucks a month for the next two years to get in the house I want and then refinance. Mm-hmm. I'm fine with that. Like, yeah. I'll figure it out because now I've gotten into the home and now I own the home and I'm not competing for it. I can just go get my refinance in three weeks and be done and then miss a month of mortgage. Yeah. Right. And then I make almost Give all of the money. Christmas too. Yeah. And it's like, if you can refinance and miss a month of your mortgage and you have to wait a year and a half to do it, you almost made as much money as you lost by missing that month of mortgage typically, like you've made a decent chunk of it back.
2: Well, and again, this is where it comes back to like me having that referral network is I'll be like, Hey, call my buddy at CMG. Cause that's who I always use. Um, You know, call my buddy at CMG. He'll tell you, he'll talk to you about this two-to-one buy-down program. Correct. Don't get scared of these 7% interest rates. There's always a way to get the deal done.
0: And if you're working with the right lender, there's even specific times of months that you can close deals to, you know, not pay for two months. You know, you Mm -hmm. still, like the loan is still there. It doesn't change. You're not like... You're just not paying for two months. But so you have to be with
1: a lender that knows that their elbow from their Yes. And, and so
0: like that's always interesting to me because it's like, yeah, I'll pay an extra 400 500 a month. And then when I do this, I'll close it. So I s- skip two months of my mortgage and I'll make a decent amount of what I paid for in that last few years back because I'm not paying my mortgage, even though the loan doesn't change if you yeah. skip a Well, yeah, months. and
2: then the client's like, God, that lender is awesome. He timed it out to where we could skip two months. Yeah. Value. Yes.
0: So, yes. They're always. gonna be like, God,
2: he was so cool. Then the next time they go to buy a house, we're gonna we're gonna use him again. Yeah. Or her, whatever. Yeah,
0: whoever. Yeah, I feel like that's a whole other conversation. What but I them? use I use him as like a gender neutral, like yeah him or him? <laughs> yeah
2: whatever
1: they yeah they them, them. Oh, yeah well, I don't works. know I don't know they we don't know. have genders in that is just a blanket just that covers
2: everything. Yes.
1: <laughs> what are you seeing? Um, what are you using like for a tech stack? What sort of systems and processes and apps and softwares? What's what's cool right now in your world? Like to get in touch with the clients? To do anything.
0: Prospect, to do anything. touch with clients.
2: Oh, So I use Boomtown. Okay. Um, that's what I use for lead generating mass emails, mass texts. Um, I always try to make sure that my mass messages, whether they be email or text, do not sound automated. Yeah. I'll get in there because we have templates. I'll get in there and fuck with them and change them. Yeah,
0: Yeah. And we advise all
1: of our people like...
0: There's certain things that should sound automated in insurance, bill, late like bill, late pay. bill. I don't want it personal that you're going to pick up the phone and call me. No, because that's awkward. That. Like that. Yeah. Then yeah.
2: You're like, oh, God.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But there's some things that need to sound personal and have right. your Like, hey,
2: we're looking for referrals. We're doing this referral competition. Right. Yeah. This is, you know, like something like right. that. Then, yes. Right.
0: I hate the ones that send out text messages that look like emails. Like, yeah. I have a realtor. That sends out, sends me on drips all the time that I've never worked
1: with. It's bad right now in politics. I'm getting, yeah, getting of text blood. messages right now. Or like before,
2: I, right before I left to come over here on my doorknob, there was...
1: yeah, like, it's someone at the house.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Like postcards to me are not effective. Um, I think there's a way to make them effective. I think people are totally missing the boat on it. And I'm actually in the process of designing one um, with a QR code that takes you to the website that has all black Hills inventory on it. And you can do our company. All of our listings have 3d Matterport tours. Oh, cool. Yep.
0: One Let's thing see. I think that postcards do a really good job of. If you send a decent postcard, like I don't look at it as I'm sending this postcard and it's going to make my phone ring today or mm-hmm. tomorrow. Cause they got it. Right. It's just another way to grab mindshare. Like I'm just trying to grab mindshare all the time. I want to be front of mind. I want to be in their head at some point. So When they think of an insurance agent, they think of me because they got my postcard. They got this text message, this ringless voicemail. They got this email that was spread out over, you know, multiple touches over a few years. But all I'm trying to do with that postcard is this is a mind share. I'm just Mm -hmm. trying to grab something. So, oh, they see it. They throw it away. Perfect. That was my, not perfect. That's horrible. But it's doing something even if it's not converting that person to scan that QR code i always or, think too
2: like when i'm like when i'm planning my um my marketing i will always think of it like because i'm an asshole when it comes to that stuff like if i get other people's shit and it doesn't matter if it's same industry different industry whatever i'm always like i will not even look at it i like grab it and i'm like nope throw it away yeah because it's just junk mail anyway yeah so yeah. i'm like what can i do that's going to grab their attention
1: yeah
2: or that's different yeah. that not everybody else is doing so Innovation is also huge. I think in your or your you know market and our market everything that we're doing. So,
0: so when you are prospecting a customer, we found these strategies have worked really well with what we do with insurance. And I'm not sure if you use them or not. We found that because um, you obviously hopefully have some Google reviews and people that have mm-hmm. shared good feedback on what you're doing. Mm-hmm. How are you getting that information in front of them?
2: Um, so usually what we do is we advertise on all of our socials. Like once we get a five star review that comes out, we put it out there, we advertise, we make it animated so that when it pops up, it like moves on the screen.
0: So when you're following up on people that you're trying to, like you're looking at homes with or people that you're trying to prospect with, Mm -hmm. one of the things we found that worked really well in insurance is part of that nurturing or prospect follow up on our drip campaigns, whether it's text, email, whatever. Ringless voicemail, we find it works best using all three, Mm -hmm. having your voicemails on, hey, we just sent you an email, it's important, please Mm -hmm. go take a look at it to get their email open right up. One of the things we found that has worked really, really well is having those Google reviews housed on a page on your website Mm -hmm. where it's like, hey, take a look at what other people have said about me. And that way they can just scroll through all the stuff. So
2: we just did that with Linktree. Perfect. We all, all of us agents have our own link tree. Um, our website has a link to all of our Google reviews. Everything. Nice. Yep.
0: Yep. I found that super helpful. I feel like now, COVID
1: really made Google reviews even like, like double down on them. Yeah. yeah.
0: Now, let me ask you a question because this is something that I've always played with as a good strategy to be a value for a realtor. I've never done it because COVID hit right when I was ready to roll the whole thing out and then open homes weren't a freaking thing. In our automation platform, what we built out was like a, when people come into your open home, you know, they typically sign in on the sheet, right? Like I had it set up on an iPad, a quick sign in name, phone number, email, check the box if you have a realtor or whatnot and hit submit. And then we set up a drip campaign that after 10 minutes in in the property, be like, hey, just checking in. Like, have you had a chance to take a look at the bathroom yet? Or, hey, did you have a chance to take a look at the updated kitchen? Like create a drip campaign that came from the realtor, even though I built it. So throughout like the next 15 minutes when they're in their home, they're getting a couple touches. Like, did you see the renovated bathroom? Did you see the updated yard? Did you take a look at this? A couple hours later, Hey, are you planning on looking at any more homes this weekend? We have a few other homes listed. Here's a link of the homes. A couple hours after that follows up again. And then the next day, like, are you planning on looking at homes again? Mm-hmm. It's typically your open homes are Saturday Sundays mm-hmm. in midweek. We had a drip going out for the realtor. Are you planning on looking at anything this week? Do you want to schedule private showings? Yep. Like, that was the piece that the insurance agent would take on that if anybody texted back would forward to your cell so that you can
2: have a conversation
0: (laughs) like those things. Like I was always curious how well they would work because that is of significant value where I am prospecting on your behalf to try and set up more showings or more appointments or get them more listings in front of them. And if they're working with a realtor, but they haven't signed like an agreement, if they like have somebody like, Son of a bitch, I've been going to this chick's open homes for a while, and she is always following up with me and on this stuff. Mm-hmm. I need to be working with somebody that's that freaking involved.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Like, I was always curious how that would work, and then COVID ended and open homes started, and I was at that point doing a ton of agency elephant business, and I was like, dude, I don't want to freaking go to open homes on weekends and help realtors. Like, that sounds no. miserable.
1: Is but, there like a level of awkwardness when it's, like, joint hosted? Like no, you? No? Know? Not at all. Do you ever have that with like a lender comes with you or an insurance person comes with you?
2: It has happened, but I've never had it happen. I've always just done my own open houses. Yeah.
1: Yeah, because I think it's,
0: I've seen a lot of, like I used to do a lot of open homes with that realtor team I was talking about Mm -hmm. where they were interviewing me, the referral stuff. I was doing open homes with them every Saturday and Sunday when I was hungry in the business. Yeah before I had automation, could do other things. before you had five kids? Before I had five kids, before I had any business whatsoever, I was hungry. And um, I'd go to these open homes with them all the time and Mm -hmm. sometimes lenders would show up. And it honestly was helpful because I would see so many people come through that weren't pre-qualified, that weren't ready to buy, that didn't have anything in order. So it was like, okay, great, you know, Megan's talking to them. Oh, you you don't have a a realtor? Great, let's chat about this. Awesome. You're not even pre-qualified, like, okay go fill out the freaking sheet so we can get you a pre-qualification the right. next day or two like we need if you're serious we need to get this done yeah. and it was beneficial because while they were emotionally invested in looking at open homes that day and while they were there excited about like man this is awesome they can get their stuff done so that if they don't drag their feet and then say no we shouldn't buy because of all these reasons but yeah. once you're getting the ball moving down the road
1: where you draw that decided. line in the sand with uh, someone that hasn't been pre-qualified and just a tire kicker. Like do you actually have to have that hard conversation with Hey listen. I'll work with you but you have to have a prequal first. Like how how much time are you
0: I've seen realtors flat out not show homes to people. Like I'm not taking you until you- like, like it where depends. you draw
2: that line. Yeah. It depends. Um Obviously, if I know them, if I don't know them, like right. that. All If you know on their them. financial yeah. situation, yeah. you're
0: not worried
1: about it. If yeah. I
2: know that they've been talking about selling for a while and now they're really doubling down and getting serious, yeah. Then, okay, yeah, then then yes. You've seen
1: a lot of vacation homes right now.
2: Yes. Yeah, it's a kind lot. of
1: booming out here, isn't it? Uh huh. Yeah. a lot. Yep. Yeah. Maybe I should buy out here then. You should 100%. Get, that, get it
0: freaking destroyed by hail.
1: Yeah, it would. I'd pay for <laughs> well, it. I'll, 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 <laughs> just... pay for, I'll
2: pay for it. <laughs> like, there you go. Yeah, I'm. You seeing... know, there's a ton of vacation. Like we're we are the second fastest growing area in the country as far as like vacation rentals. Yeah, is what I'm hearing, and also for retirement.
1: Yep, yeah. retirement's, mm-hmm. retirement's huge. Retirement's huge. And you're aware it's a separate policy for vacation rentals, yes. right? A yep. lot of people don't know that. Mm-hmm. You'd be surprised. You know, they think it's just a standard homeowner's policy. What drives me nuts it's more is
0: yeah. way more expensive. What drives me nuts is um, a dad owns a home, buys another home, lets the kids live in the first home, doesn't change the policy. I'm like, what are you freaking doing? Like, it's like, well, I have insurance. And it's like, yeah, for you to live We're in it. Occupied. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, like for you, but yeah. you're basically renting it to your kid, even if you're not yeah. taking rent from them. Yeah. You know, yeah. it just blows my mind. But that's just obviously ignorance in the insurance industry because they're not required to freaking know.
1: Yeah, they don't have to
0: know. Like I, I know things about real estate, marginal things, just because I talk to a lot of realtors. It's within my sphere. I like being involved in it. Know what's going on. But nobody wants to or wants to know what's going on in insurance. Nobody cares. It's not exciting. They're not. They're not like people look into real estate and get info on it and get educated because they want to make free yeah. money.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, we had the boys from Built Right in this morning, mm-hmm. right? And talk, just talking about cost of materials. Oh, yeah, like cost of materials are what do you say, 40% higher year? They rate? went from
0: 320 a square to like 460 a square. Yeah, like some of them
1: just redid- Well, now when we pay for a new roof, we're paying out that much more, mm-hmm. and so that is going to take the rates higher. It's like it's like all these people just think like oh well the lender said my rate should be around 100 bucks a month 10 to
0: five years ago I got a new roof and it was 25 grand that now you're telling me it's freaking 35 now like yeah. that makes no sense I'm talking to somebody else yeah because like, go ahead yeah because yeah. they're not educated in it and, right, right. And no, norm- really should like a normal person and that's why our jobs exist like people shouldn't have to educate themselves on the roofing industry market costs supply chain issues yeah. people, shouldn't have to educate themselves in real estate outside of, you know, the basics because that's what you're there for. Mm-hmm. And if they did educate themselves on it, chances are they may have educated themselves.
2: incorrectly. Incorrect. Because, because they're they looking they at somebody's posts
1: on Facebook.
0: Or they were looking at like um, articles from last year. And it's
1: like, we're no, not in the day like <laughs> well, We're in an, an entirely different, different yeah. market. Yeah. 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 And it, it is
2: completely changed. And you know, that's something too that I've had to explain to people. They're like, "Well, you know, I'm just gonna hold on, hold on to my house for another year," and I'm like, mm,
0: "Okay." I always love the conversations of let's talk about what it costs you to wait. Yeah. I love seeing numbers. I mm-hmm. love I'm a number guy. I love numbers because it's like when I go through people's accounts, we look at liability limits, we're looking at their income, their equity in their home, and all sorts of stuff. And it's like, here's what you need, and. Mm-hmm. You gave me these numbers. I didn't just come up with I them out of I just accepted low. them
1: down into the couches. You need took to what you it. told me and we put it oh. into
0: this formula, and here you go. It's kind of hard to debate that.
1: What do you say to the person that <clears throat> says, has the stigma on, on realtors, that all you do is post a listing on the MLS and collect a big fat check and that they're going to sell their house FISBO? Uh huh.
2: The FISBO objection, that's always a good one. I'm just
1: going to sell my house for sale by
0: owner. Yeah, like what the heck do you so here's, do anyways? So here's what you put I say. it on MLS.
2: No, you can't put it on MLS. No, not it's them.
0: Oh, not okay. them, but like as like, what What do you as a real estate agent do? So here's my question to? to
2: them. Where are you going to advertise this at? Well, Zillow. Okay, that's really great. My team advertises on both MLSs in the area. We go on over 100 websites. I have an entire team of people We've sold over 1,300 homes in our area and we have, of any team in the area, the shortest days on market. So the longer your house sits on the market, the less money you're going to get for it. Do you want to get the most return on your investment? Yes?
1: Okay. Let's so listen. it you a little money. So yep. do you drop the mic as you're saying it, or do you wait until you're done speaking and then drop the mic I just
2: kind of wait for them to first drop one to talk
1: their own loses. jaw. Yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> no, it's true. Like, it's always that Obviously, it's a big stigma.
1: Obviously, my a little different. Yeah. I it
0: shouldn't be. but <laughs> <laughs> But it's always interesting because realtors do and have the stigma that you don't do anything. And it's like, well, actually, I'm scheduling your home to get, you know, staged. Well,
2: Staging some, photos, yep. 3D Matterport tours—like these—are all yep. things that you are not going to have ever. Inspections. Not only that, a lot of people are really weirded out to go do an open to go to an open house or a private showing at a physical.
0: Yeah. yeah. Well, I always yeah. felt weird, like,
1: especially after Dahmer. I. Uh, yes. oh, yes. You know what I
0: mean? Seriously, so far I far always far. felt awkward going to open homes when the people that lived there wouldn't clean up enough of their stuff. Like I go. not leave. We, yes, that's weird. That's freaking weird. That's weird. But like <laughs> if I go into the kid's room and it's a teenager's room and it's like a normal teenager's room, I'm not going to see the space like I want to for my three year old. Right. So
2: that's why like my team has <laughs> a staging console. We yes.
0: I, I feel like you're talking space. about my son's room. Downstairs. Your son's room's freaking spotless. That's actually my room. It's not his room.
2: Well, we've, like, my team offers free staging with um, an actual professional staging company. Oh, um, wow. That's yep, a big she deal. She comes in and she's like, all right, here's what I would do. This is how your house is going to sell faster. Take down all your professional fo- or Not professional, personal, personal photos. photos. Yes. Take that all down. Um, the more stuff you can clear out, the better. The more shit you have in it, the harder time people are going to have visualizing their it's life. It's hard to see it. it
0: when they have like shitty things in their house. Like if they have like really nasty couches and carpets. Well, it's I mean, like-
1: We were just looking, wasn't it me and you? We were looking or oh, it was me and Ariel. I found a, a house on Zillow that we were quoting mm-hmm. and we couldn't find anything on it. So I know it's a FISBO. There's nothing on any MLS anywhere, but we found it on Zillow and we found it on the county equalization site. And the pictures on Zillow, Like iPhone four. Like, well, yeah, it was. (laughs) The pictures were taken with a potato, but there was like dirty clothes on the floor, yeah, and like Mm -hmm. dishes in the sink, and you're like,
2: this isn't. You're not listing your house on Facebook Marketplace. Like (laughs) this isn't like a. Maybe they should.
1: It's another place (laughs) to list (laughs) it. I'll do my own listing. Zillow and Facebook Marketplace. (laughs) God.
0: Or best offer. Yeah.
2: Well, and then the other, you know, when when you get the pushback from the FISBOS that they're like, no, no, we're gonna try and, and sell it ourselves for a while, then you know, I'm always like, all right, well, out of curiosity, how long are you gonna let it or how long are you gonna try to sell it yourself before you're gonna talk to a realtor?
1: It's a good question. Yeah.
2: And then you know it's silence. Yep. And then they're like, Well um or you go, out of curiosity, why are you selling? And then you gotta get their motivation. Yeah. And then when they say something yeah. Always follow up with, oh, okay, well tell me more about that. Are your
1: open houses catered? You ever catered one? Um,
2: I have not catered one. Um I've actually looked into doing that. Yeah. I think that's something I'm gonna start doing. Now of course it depends on how
0: um, Yeah, you know, you're not gonna do it things. for a house that's listing for like one $175,000. F-
2: one of my first open houses I ever did was a sixty-three thousand dollar trailer which why are trailers fuck in
1: California are so much more than that
2: doing an open house on that
1: yeah And you sold that bitch to you, didn't you
2: not one person came <laughs> through i laid on the couch and watched tiktok
1: <laughs> see this see, is see, what this they this is what they do this is what this they is do, what they, they, do. And they watch tiktok <laughs> they don't do shit they get a fat <laughs> commission check that's right fuck Bring your news. money yeah yeah but also it's, that's it's like,
0: a brutal stigma though oh you my know God. It's, especially when customer clients or prospects say that to your face like yeah, like what am I paying you to do? You don't do anything. Like well, that would be brutal to there's hear. Some not really
1: only that, realtors out there. oh, there are there's there are ton- some that do that. <laughs> there's a ton. How many realtors do we have in this area right now? Oh God, it's like one for every ten people. Not yeah, that bad, but well, it's a lot. It's,
2: it's like four, four, five hundred. And our
1: town is seventy five thousand. Okay, so let's find out. Yeah, do the seventy five thousand. Yep. Yep. Okay. I mean, it's a lot. Of, well,
2: but if you're doing metro those area, are, your, you're
1: one twenty. Does your one deal a year that just happens to. Fall in their lap from a friend. Mark
2: my words. Yeah. In the next six to eight months, we're going to have a 30 to 40% drop off. I bet. I sure
1: I hope so. I hope are, so too. Yeah, I
0: hope so. Like if there's, if there's anything that good that is good or remotely good that comes out of a market like this where you're not selling as much, it's trimming off all the fat so you have more at-bats. Yeah. Just Minimum. so you know,
1: I could have picked one, I could pick one out of 500 other realtors and I picked you to be on this podcast. Aww. Okay. So you just keep that, keep that just. Put it in your pocket, hang on to that. Wow, oh, I, I don't like, even know what to say
0: about this. You're just lining your pockets with referrals. Try am no, no.
1: Like he's like, I'm
2: gonna start this podcast, but really.
1: really. <laughs> no, Megan and her husband are friends of ours. So yeah. That's why she's so, here. Yeah,
2: yeah, no, it's all good. No, they in this shifting market too, like a lot of people aren't gonna really wanna put the work in for the lead generating. Yeah. And right now we're learning, for those that have been in the industry, 10 years, eight years that are kicking ass and they've never really had to work that hard for leads. It's go back to the basics. Now you're back to, well,
0: what's really interesting to me is when, um, one, I didn't know how long you'd been a realtor when Brian was like, Hey, we should interview her. She's a realtor, blah, blah, blah. in the area she's awesome. I was like, great. Mm -hmm. And then when I heard you've been doing it for less than a year, I was really curious. I was thinking to myself, I was like, okay, I'm really curious
2: about like
0: processes (laughs) less than
1: a year, but like, Good, yeah, like no solid results no I know and that's what a, I was
0: getting to I was like I'm really curious yeah. where she's at because typically first year of being a real estate agent is you probably maybe sell one or two yeah. deals let me
1: show you all the house I sold one time yes <laughs> but that's that's typically
0: normal yeah. for a realtor to get yeah. that snowball going and I was really curious hearing how long you've been in the market how well you would be um, focused on all of the things we talked about and how knowledgeable you'd be you doing those things and how many systems you'd be yep. using to do those things. So I'm very, very impressed after being in it a year, less than a year, that you have this nine kind months. of... It's been nine
1: months. Well, yeah,
0: so in nine months, which is not that long not for long a realtor long. to get their stuff moving forward. What's impressive for me personally, because I've worked with a lot of young realtors, you're using systems... You have process, processes, you have a heavy marketing plan, and you're not just doing one marketing plan. You've got a lot of things that you're working that typically a realtor of five years would have.
1: Yeah, well, and, and her sales, isn't. it's not transactional. There's follow-up after the sale. Which you know, is so very long, impressive because,
0: so no, not even as long-term agents, but as a young agent. They're not doing that because they're like, I need to get my next home. I need to get my next home. I need they're to get my next home. They're
2: focused on the next and not. Yes. Yeah. So
0: I'm very impressed.
2: The goal is to eventually not have to do, to maybe do 25% of the lead gen that I'm doing now. Of course. And heavily rely on repeat business and referrals. Yeah. So of course. That's the goal. That's yeah. why it's always the follow up and always don't be afraid to ask for those referrals.
1: Yeah. A lot of insurance agents are afraid of that. Oh yeah, because it's awkward. Well, Well, they think it's awkward. They do. And so what what we train them to do is build it into their process. Mm -hmm. It's part of their onboarding now. Mm -hmm. So they don't have to physically ask. It's built in. Mm -hmm. When they drag and drop to sold, that happens on day three. Well, if you
0: did a good job that is worth telling somebody about and you get asked, who do you have that you know that might want to buy or sell in the next few months, six months? If they had a good experience... They're going to want to tell you because they want to.
2: Did you know statistically, if somebody has a bad experience, they will tell 10 people. Yeah. If they had a good experience, they will tell three.
0: Correct. And so the only way to get in front of that statistic is to ask at the point of like when you've done a good. And I feel that statistic might be skewed because, and let here's my case. If you deliver a bad service, you don't have to ask them to tell about the bad service because they're te- they're no, way no, more no, likely no, no. they're going to do it. If you have a good service, three, three times out of three of those 10 people are going to, or one of those, they're going to tell three people, right, of the good experience. But I would argue that in that case study, they're not asking the good experience people for referrals. Like, give me five people you know, or who do you know that's going to do it? You don't want them to tell people. You want, you want to get the info.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Like, if you're saying, hey, nobody asks at the end of the sale if it was good or bad, and if, if it was good or bad, Please tell people they're not doing that. It's just what is what's naturally happening. Mm -hmm. But I feel you can change that statistic by changing the dynamic of the process is I'm going to ask for it now. So the person that has a bad experience is going to tell 10, but all of my 90% of people that have had good experiences, 95, maybe hopefully 99% Mm -hmm. that have had good experiences. I'm going to have 30 people that are giving me five people each so yeah 10 people heard yeah, about that's it that's
2: a good way to do it no. yeah
0: 10 people heard about it a bad experience Just a lot but a lot i've got a lot 30 people. times five sitting here that people yeah way outweighs well that negative
2: now we build in kind of the asking for the five-star review we build that into the listing or the buyer agency presentation yes we kind of get to it it's like all right so here's the deal we laid it all out for you this is what we do now here's the deal. I'm going to work my ass off for you. Like we've already covered all that. You know, you don't have to go into it too much. Um, and then you kind of say, you know, at the end of this, um, if I did a really good job, I would love it. If you would leave me a five-star review. if we get to the end of this and you just leave me high and dry, you don't do that for me. I'm going to assume I did a bad job,
0: but that also should be like the lowest level of what your expectation should be of them. Like, like, hey, I, like if I do a really good job for you, we get you in the home. It's a smooth process. I would love a Google review. Great. That's my baseline so that's of expectation. So the seed
2: that you plant. Correct. Then you grow. And that's right at the very Correct. beginning of that transaction. Then you grow it from there. But game. if
0: all you're expecting from a good experience with a customer is not, not... This isn't what you're doing, obviously, but just in general. Right. If all you're expecting from dealing with customers is that you ask for the Google review and hopefully they give it to you, that should be the bare minimum. Like... Above that, okay, how am I gonna follow up if they didn't give me the review? Mm-hmm. How am I gonna ask for referrals specifically, like a number of referrals? Give me three people you know that are planning on buying and selling.
1: Mm-hmm. 138 reviews, uh, 4.8 out of five.
0: That's really good. That's really good.
1: That's for the team. For the team, yep. yep, Yeah. I am
0: very interested to see like, and that's always-
2: You can't delete bad reviews either.
1: The best thing to do is address them.
2: Yeah, you absolutely. Know,
1: I got a bad one years ago, and doing some research, lady wasn't even a client of mine ever.
2: That happened to me when I owned my salon. You and can't so
1: get Google to delete that. Tri- I tried to get this one done really get it done. So I just said, "Ma'am, I'm sorry, you had a bad experience somewhere, but it wasn't here. I have no record of you ever being a client mm-hmm. or prospect in my book of business. Like so, hopefully, when someone goes and reads it." They go, oh, yeah, oh, this lady's yeah.
0: just, you know. Or they look at it and be like, this freaking guy this is trying guy. to get out of it.
1: <laughs> look, at that. look at that guy with no beard. <laughs> and now he
0: has a beard yeah. scumbag. Scumbag. I'm trying to for trick sure. everybody.
1: For sure. What
0: else? You know, I I personally, I'm, I'm very impressed at how well you've done in the last nine months getting new into real estate. Yeah. I feel getting started in real estate is much, much harder than getting started in insurance. Absolutely. Because... Everybody needs insurance. Have bill, to have. They're already paying. Yep. You don't have to freaking sell or buy a house. Yep. So you know
2: what's crazy is that I've lived here 23 years. I owned a salon for years. I did here for 17 years here. I know so many fucking people. Do you know how many referrals I've gotten to build my business? Everything zero. Everything that I have sold or listed has been prospecting, lead generating, which
0: all of it. I would Damn. obviously is, is not ideal. You want referrals, like yeah. obviously, but I would, and that obviously would feel like,
1: man, what the heck? Maybe guys they're are pissing at you because you're not cutting their hair anymore. I get that. I still get text <laughs> messages about that actually.
0: Here's the negative effect. <laughs> and I did this in insurance and Brian is probably experienced the same thing. Yeah. You get to a point where you start an insurance and you're working with all your, you know, spheres of influence mm-hmm. and all your, you know, natural audience, if you will and you start in the, in the business and you start to sell, you start to get policies on, you start to do good, you hit month eight or nine, you're freaking dead in the water so you have nobody to talk to. Yep. So the problem with, even though, sure, I would love referrals and you should love referrals and everybody should get them, but if you're starting your business and you start it on referrals, you're not hungry on the marketing and prospecting because you don't need to be, mm-hmm. and then you get to a point where that natural market has died up and you've got to start this. So you work for eight months and you do pretty freaking well then you gotta do six months and nothing to get that snowball going. And yeah. people can't do that after they know and tasted what it was like to be doing what they're doing.
1: And I don't know what it's I don't know where your head's at with that around like friends and family. Um like I mean, me to work with. Yeah. <laughs> well, their expectations are higher. I'm like, hey Megan, if you list my
0: home, can you cut your commission? Yeah, like their expectations <laughs> so are higher. That's a right? thing too,
2: but also when we're when we're cold calling and someone's like, Well, my husband's uncle's a realtor there's an objection handle for that. I can handle that objection and still convert them.
0: And what do you typically say?
2: So usually I'm like, Oh, that's so great. That's good to hear. I'm so glad. Now, just out of curiosity, if this deal goes South, is that going to ruin a relationship? You know, do you think they're going to be comfortable because they're family? Do you think they're going to go above and beyond? Like, no, yeah. he doesn't have to work for that money. You know, that commission check. No, this is not part of the script, but he doesn't have to work for that checked. i do right i'm gonna go above and beyond he's not just gonna be like well and also emotions get involved i just dealt with an agent who was listing his aunt's house or something my clients backed out of the deal which was fine we were still within the realm to be able to do that and he lost his shit and i was like okay because you told mommy and daddy you were going to sell their sister's house and now you crashed and burned on a deal because you didn't disclose right. that it was a manufactured home. Ooh, was, ooh, that's,
0: a yeah, that's, that's a big one. That's a big one. Rookie maneuver. What, there. That's a big one. I shouldn't
2: say manufactured. It was modular, which yeah. yes, I know that that's still considered site built,
1: Yeah. but, yeah, but it not. is a difference. Yeah, Big yeah.
0: difference. Insurance. is a big difference. Huge. Yeah. What's interesting. We're not here. Really? Yeah. California is a big difference. So we
1: can write mod on homeowner's paper. Huh. here but it, it's it got to meet like seven criteria yes like no paneling and so sheetrock no like there's there's hoops to jump which
2: by. it was but my clients were out of state buyers right and they were coming yeah and so and yes i explained all of that to them and they were just like you know we just, we just don't want to do see
0: i've is. always found that when you work with family um like, if I was working with you in a deal and something wasn't feeling right or going my way, I'm like, hey, what's the deal, Megan? Like, what's the problem? Yep. Like, what are we running into? What's the issue? But if I am maybe working with a family member, I'd be like, what the fuck? Yeah. Like, what the fuck? Yep. But when you're working with a professional, you typically have more of a buffer of mm-hmm. getting to yeah. that point. Like, yeah. maybe people eventually do get there if it's really south. But with family, I feel like it's, I can go there now because they yeah. know me.
1: The only thing I'll do for my family is life insurance. Yeah. Anything after that, home auto, toys, stuff like that. I feel like their expectations of like insurance in, in me is more than I can legally provide You're like I can't bend
2: yeah. the rules because your family Or like yesterday. I can't give you 40. a homie hookup in yeah. insurance. Yeah. Like yeah. My brother-in-law
0: yeah. is reaching out to me about his renter policy <laughs> lapsing at 1030 at night. And it's like... Hey, man, shoot me an email because I'm not going to remember this tomorrow. Like I'm not going to be working at 1030 at night. No. That's not my problem. Yeah,
1: they overstep bounds because that's what I'm allowed to
2: do. But as a new agent, though, it's very typical for me to work 60 to 70 hours a week. Sure. That's just what I do. So if somebody calls me at 839, 10 o'clock at night, I'm answering that. I
0: feel like as a realtor or as a lender, you have less abilities to create boundaries because... If you're not going to answer at 8.30 at night, guess who is? Another realtor.
1: Exactly. Insurance people don't do that. No. Like, mo- unless they're hungry we have, a pretty li- we have a pretty hard line in the sand with that, though. Yes. You know But I
2: insurance, do. I feel like insurance and most lenders are able, most people know that's kind of an 8 to 5, more it of is. an 8 to
1: 5 job. It starts sure. with the onboard. But why do they expect right. that from a realtor? Matt does a really good job of setting expectations with his clients. Because they unless, unless your, house your house is on fire yeah don't unless your house money. is on fire or you're, you know like i just
0: did this with a customer yes. today so here's my expectations take these as you will use them if you want they probably won't jive with your situation so when i bring on a customer i say hey i got two expectations one's as an expectation you should have of me another one is an expectation I have of you first you should expect me to handle pretty much all your claims mm-hmm. if your home is on fire or a standing water in your home or you have a regular car accident you can call that in immediately. Mm-hmm. If anything out of those three things happen, I need to talk to you first because we need to see how much the damage was, what was the co- what was the loss, like what caused it. We need to go over things, we don't wanna file and lose a, a claims-free discount, get a surcharge for three years, mm-hmm. we're not gonna deal with that. So that's my expectation, you should have a meet. My expectation, all billing issues, all policy changes, all questions on accounts, all things like that, um, get done at eight to five office hours via email or text message, yeah. you can call me. And then what I do on the other side to gatekeep my business from not dealing with fire and fire and fire and fire and going from thing to thing is my phone system is set through our platform and it rings three times and screens the call. doesn't ring my phone, screens the call, sends a text message to the person says, hey, I'm in a meeting. What's up? Yep. Once they tell me what it is, it's a billing issue. Great. I'm going to look at it. I'm going to take a look into it. I'll get back to you at three o'clock. And I respond manually to that. Right. But I don't answer my phone call. If a client calls my cell twice in a row, just happened, I'm going to answer. I know. This you client. assume it's an emergency. And I tell him, yeah. I said, do not call. And that's part of the expectation yep. that I didn't go over. Hey, my cell phone, I'm giving it to you. It's for emergencies or office hours. Yep. Feel free to text me whenever. If you text me after hours, I'm gonna tell you to send me an email because I'll lose it. Yep. But if you call me mm-hmm. twice after hours, mm-hmm. I'm gonna expect it's an emergency. This guy does it all the time. He just did it now. He had a billing issue that he thought was an emergency. I said, Hey, I said, Hey, what's up? Says I have a billing issue. Bill's about $700 this month. I don't know why it's so high. We took cars off. I need to take a look at it. It's due today. I said, great. Sounds good. But in my first text, I was, hey, what's up? Is this an emergency? Because he called me twice and it never is. And this time it was kind of an emergency. Right. This bill was due today. Wasn't due in a week, right? And um, so it was actually an emergency. Yeah. I preface those when people call twice because I want to say, great, this isn't an emergency. Leave me a voicemail next time. hmm Leave me a voicemail because you. he called me twice and then he sent me a text.
1: Different game for you, obviously. Yes.
0: Much different game. And I don't feel that's something a realtor can do that is trying to make their presence known mm-hmm. in a space that they haven't been around in a long time.
2: You know, something that I have gotten better about doing in the last like month or two with clients is like if they call past 8 o'clock, I'll just shoot them a text and I'll be like, Hey, I'm at dinner or, Hey, I'm helping my kid with her homework. Yeah, What's yeah. up? You know, and then they'll just text me back and I'll be like, you know what? That's a really great question. Let me look into it and I'll get back to you first thing in the morning. Or it's like, hey, I I have a
0: question about this property. I saw this property on Zillow. What's the deal? And it's like, well, I got to call the freaking agent and they're not going to (laughs) answer 10 o'clock at night. They're going to answer tomorrow like most people do Mm -hmm. because, you know, they can, Mm -hmm. especially in this market. It's not that crazy hot, like made like.
2: Well, but now, now, they're the market desperate shifting, to close. Yep. yep. The longer days on market, and they're waiting longer between paychecks, too. And all these seasoned agents are like, oh, fuck.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I've seen realtors uh, go from not really answering their cell phone about, like, they want to make an offer, they have questions, they've gotten 40 phone calls in the last two hours. They're sending texts to the phones, like, not fielding questions, submit your best offer. Like, that's it. And that's always interesting to me because they didn't have to do anything. One well,
1: right. fun fact. We've been recording for an hour and a half.
0: Oh, geez, We should wrap this up. (laughs) Yeah, we should. Well, Megan, we really appreciate your time. (laughs) I'm very, very impressed with where you're at in nine months. That is really mind-boggling to me to be able to tackle a really hard industry to break into really well. I'd rather
1: start from scratch as an insurance agent a hundred times before trying to break down the barrier to be a realtor. Yeah.
0: I just like that our market can't really change that much. Yeah. Like rates can change, things can change like that, but our but market doesn't yep. yes, but the market doesn't change in the sense that I have to change the entire way that I list and sell homes and right. I get people to buy homes.
2: You don't have to restrategize yeah. all the time. I don't like, have all to all recreate time. myself
0: a million times. Right. Meanwhile, my I do get recreated as more of an asshole as I go longer in my career. But yeah, start coming through a little
1: more.
2: But you're like asshole equals effective. And I think that's usually what they mean
0: in certain
1: situations. In cer- yeah. yeah.
0: Yes.
2: Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Like if someone's like, "Man, that girl is a bulldog," I'm gonna be like, "Fuck yeah!" Yeah, her, yeah. High five.
1: Fuck <laughs> yeah! Like you need
2: an aggressive agent. Yeah, uh-huh. oh,
0: I do believe that. Other than
1: that, awesome. We appreciate yeah. it. Yeah. Thanks, thank man. you so
2: much for having me on.
0: Appreciate
1: it. It's the Brian and Matt show. Matt's got a moment. Brian's got a big ass beard, you can pull it It's the Brian
0: and Matt Show With all things insurance and random tomfoolery The Brian and Matt Show